I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Jewish view of the Godhead. This is part one of the series. In this teaching, we're going to be sharing with you that the God of Israel is seen as being Aim Sof, which means in Hebrew, without definition. And the God of Israel, who is without definition, Aim Sof, he's also associated with being light. And so the question becomes, how does one who is without limitation, who is eternal light, how does he manifest himself and reveal himself in a physical world. And so the way this is explained is aim self, which is without definition. Whenever we try to describe one who is without definition into a physical world, we give him names or attributes. And by definition, a name or an attribute is a limitation. It is not the same as aim self with out definition, but it's a way of giving you a perspective and an understanding of who the God of Israel is. And so the explanation is that Ain Sof, the eternal light, how he manifests himself to a physical world is his light goes through a prism. And on the other side of the prism is the manifestation of his attributes. And so the Jewish people call the attributes of Ain Sof, the one who is without definition, the one who is eternal light, they call that the Sephirot, or it's their description of the Godhead. And they see that there are 10 Sephirot, or major attributes, to describe the Godhead. And this Godhead has attributes that we can associate with being father, mother, and son. So therefore, the Godhead can be seen as three pillars. One pillar is identified with father. Another pillar is identified with attributes of mother. And then the middle pillar is identified with the attribute of son. So a term for this middle pillar is the son of God or the the son of Yahweh. And the attributes, if you line them up according to their pillars, the middle pillar or the son of Yah has a numerical value in Hebrew of 26. And 26 is the numerical value of yod Hey vav Hey, the name that we associate and give to the God of Israel. And so in defining 
beginning in explaining the middle pillar of the Godhead, the Son of God, the Jewish people have another term that they refer to the Son of God, and this term is Metatron. And what we're going to see in this study is in explaining the Jewish view of the Godhead, what they describe and explain regarding the middle pillar, the Son of God, Metatron, the attributes of that middle pillar is consistent with the New Testament description of Yeshua. So that is what we're going to be covering in this teaching on the Jewish view of the Godhead. So let's begin. First of all, we need to see that the God of Israel is seen as being in the term for him in Hebrew is Ain Sof. And in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 18, it says, To whom then will we liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? For in the beginning, before shape and form had been created, he was without form or similitude. Wherefore, he designates himself as without definition, Ain Sof. He has neither shape nor form, and there is no vessel that could contain him, and no means to comprehend him. So this explanation of the God of Israel being without definition, Ain Sof, based upon the commentary of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 18, which says, To whom then will we liken God? or what likeness will you compare unto him? This explanation is given to us in the Sanchino Zohar, which is a Jewish explanation of the weekly Torah portion at the sowed level of interpretation of the Torah. In the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, we have the definition of Ein Sof. And Ein Sof is understood as the deity or the God of Israel prior to his self-manifestation in the physical world. Ein Sof may be translated as no end, unending, there is no end, or infinite, or limitless. In the book Messiah, Volume 3 by Avi Ben Mordecai on page 107, he shows us that taking the Hebrew word Ein Sof and the gematria of Ain Sof comes out to 207. So in gematria, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value. So we take the letters that make up Ain Sof and it comes to a numerical value of 207. And 207 is also the same numerical value of the Hebrew word for light, which is or. So therefore, there is an equivalence in the Hebrew of Ein Sof with light. In 1 John, in chapter 1, verse 5, God the Father is described as being light, as it is written. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. In 1 Timothy, chapter 
6, verse 16, it explains that God the Father dwells in eternal light that no man can approach, as it is written, who only has immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. In the book of John, in describing the God of Israel, it tells us that no one has seen the Father at any time. So the Jewish way of seeing this is no one has seen Ain Soph. John chapter 1 verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. John chapter 5 verse 37. And the Father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. John chapter 6 verse 46. Not that any man has seen the Father save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. 1 John chapter 4 verse Verse 12, no man has seen God at any time. In the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, quoting from Jewish sources, is the explanation that when you give a name or an attribute to something, the name or the attribute becomes a limitation in fully describing the thing that you are attempting to explain. In this case, we want to explain to a physical world the concept of the God of Israel in his infinity or without definition. Judah Hayat, in his commentary, Minhat Yehuda on Merakat Allahat, gives the following explanation of the term Ain Sof. Any name of God which is found in the Bible cannot be applied to the deity prior to his self-manifestation in the creation. Moreover, a name implies a limitation in its bearer, and this is impossible in connection with Ain Sof. Now, in creation, Ain Sof is revealed with the name of Elohim. And this is explained in Messiah, Volume 3, by Avi ben Mordecai on page 104. So, therefore, in Genesis chapter 1, 1, it is written, In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now, in explaining Ain Sof, who is light, and how he then manifests himself in a physical world that he creates, it is like a light going through a prism. And on the other side of the prism, we have manifestations of that light. And so, the Jewish view of explaining the eternal and infinite God of Israel, or Ain Sof, is he is light and the name that they give to the light on the other side of the prism is sephirot and sephirah means a filter this is explained in messiah volume 3 by avi ben mordecai on page 146 in the book the middle pillar of the godhead by james trim on page 20 he quotes jewish sources 
where they see that there are ten sephirot. And this comes from Sefer Yetzirah 1.4. So sephirot is plural. Sephirah is singular. What is a sephirah? A sephirah is in a way a filter that holds and transforms a certain part of this light into a particular force or attribute. A sephirah is the way the creator reveals a part, an attribute, or a quality of his will in the creation. The light divides into ten different graduations of its original emanation, each with its own qualities, characteristics, and actions. So, in looking at the ten sephirot, which is the explanation of the manifestation of the attributes of Ain Sof in a physical world, it is seen that there are three upper sephirot. And this is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 21. And so the three upper sephirot have the names of Da'at, which is knowledge, Hakma, which is wisdom, and Bina, which is understanding. The names of these three upper sephirot comes from Exodus in chapter 31 in verse 3, which says, And I have filled him with the spirit of Elohim in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. We also see these names of the three upper sephirot from Proverbs in chapter 24 in verses 3 and 4 as it is written. With wisdom a house is built, with understanding it is established, and with knowledge its rooms are filled. Then we have the seven lower sephirot, and they have the names of Gadula, greatness, Gavora, power or strength, Tifaret, which means glory or beauty, Netzach, victory or splendor, Hod, which means majesty, Kol, which means all, it's also called Yesod or the foundation, and then Malchut, the kingdom or kingship. And this is explained in the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on page 21. The seven lower sephirot comes from First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 11, where it says, Yours, O Yahweh, is the greatness, the power, the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Yahweh, and you are exalted as head above all. This is explained in the book by James Trim, The Middle Pillar, pages 20 and 21. These ten sephirot are associated and referred to as the tree of life. The ten sephirot are arranged on a chart and it's known as the tree of life. And it is shown in three columns and these three columns are known as the three pillars of the Godhead. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 23. Now, these three pillars of the Godhead, the three pillars being an explanation of the ten sephirot, they have and are given attributes of father, mother, and son. And the masculine aspect of the Godhead is often called 
father. The feminine aspect of the Godhead is called mother or Ruach. And the pillar between father and mother, the middle pillar, is called the son of God. This is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 29. And so drawing a chart of the 10 Sephirot and putting the association of the attributes of the Sephirot under father, son, and mother, the attributes that fall in the category of the middle pillar or the son are attributes 1, 6, 9, and 10. The attributes of the father are 3, 5, and 8. And the Sephirotic attributes of the mother are attributes 2, Four and seven. This is explained in the book The Middle Pillar by James Trim on pages 22 and 23. And so there, if we look at these attributes and their association with father, mother, and son, there's a reference in the Hebrew scriptures to the attributes of the God of Israel as father in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 9, Malachi chapter 1 verse 9, Isaiah chapter 63 verse 16, Isaiah chapter 64 verse 8. The attribute of mother is mentioned in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 13, and the attribute of son is mentioned in Proverbs chapter 30 verse 4 and Psalm chapter 2. 2, verse 2, verse 7, and verse 12. So let's look at these scriptures that we just mentioned, which associate these attributes to Father. Isaiah in chapter 63, verse 16, it is written, You, O Yahweh, are our Father, our Redeemer, from everlasting is your name. And so these things are explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 38. In the same book, on page 38, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7, But now, O Yahweh, you are our Father. Same book, same page, Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. If then I be a father, where is my honor, says Yahweh of hosts. Now the attributes of mother and their scripture references. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 13. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I, Yahweh, comfort you. In the book, The Middle Pillar of the Godhead by James Trim, page 38. The feminine attributes of mother is also called the Holy Spirit, or in Hebrew, the Ruach HaKodesh. And the description of the Holy Spirit is one of comforter. And so it's from this in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, where Yeshua said, I will ask my father and he will give you another comforter that will be with you forever. The comforter, which is the spirit of truth. Continuing on, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit or the Ruach HaKodesh, whom my Father will send in my name, Yeshua in John chapter 14 in verse 27. In John chapter 15 verse 26, Yeshua said, When the Comforter comes, whom I will send from my Father, the Spirit of Truth, who has proceeded from my Father. So the Holy Spirit has 
female attributes of caring, nurturing, comforting. Yeshua said in John chapter 16, verse 7, I will send the Comforter, that is the Holy Spirit, to you. And these things are mentioned in the middle pillar by James Trim, page 39. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Elohim, rested upon Yeshua at his immersion, or his mikvah, or his baptism. We can see this in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Mark chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, and John chapter 1, verse 33, which says, Behold, the Spirit of Elohim descending from the heavens and rested upon him. These things are further explained by James Trim in the Middle Pillar book, page 39, that it was the Spirit of Yahweh that rests upon the Messiah. In Isaiah, in chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, it is written, And the Spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, Hakmah in Hebrew, and understanding, Bina in Hebrew, the Spirit of counsel, Atzah in Hebrew, and power, Gevorah, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear, Yerah of Yahweh. But with righteousness shall he judge. The Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, is referred to as being Yahweh, explained in the book by James Trim, the Middle Pillar, page 42. There can be no doubt that the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, is Yahweh when we make the following comparisons of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 14 says, The Spirit of Yahweh caused them to rest, so did you lead your people. In the Torah, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11, it is written, Yahweh alone did lead them, and there was no strange God with him. And so we see in Deuteronomy that Yahweh is leading his people, but in Isaiah chapter 63, verse 14, we're told it was the Spirit of Yahweh. So the Spirit of Yahweh is being associated with being Yahweh. We can also see this truth and how it is so, as explained by James Trim in the book, The Middle Pillar, on page 43, quoting now from Exodus chapter 34, verse 34. When Moses went in before Yahweh that he might speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And then Paul is making a reference to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, as it is written, But when any man from them should turn to Yahweh, the veil is lifted from him. Now, Yahweh himself is spirit, and where the spirit of Yahweh is, there is freedom. But all of us with open faces behold the magnificence of Yahweh as in a mirror, and we are being changed into that likeness from glory to glory as by Yahweh the spirit. Now, when we look at the spiritual attributes of the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, from the book, and as explained by James Trim in the middle pillar on page page 43, the Holy Spirit is described in the following way. The Holy Spirit speaks, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, Acts chapter 10, verse 19, John chapter 15, verse 26, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. The Holy Spirit is said to have emotions, Isaiah chapter 63, verse 10, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. 
and can be insulted, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, and intercedes for us, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, testifies on our behalf, John chapter 14, verse 26, leads us, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, commissions us, Acts chapter 13, verse 4, commands us, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, and wills, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, and gives understanding, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And so these are the attributes of the description of the Holy Spirit who is associated with Yahweh. In the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on page 44, he explains how the attributes of Ain Sof is likened unto a son. Just as there is a father aspect of the Godhead and a mother aspect of the Godhead, Godhead, there is also a son aspect of the Godhead as we read in the Hebrew scriptures. Now we quote from Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 4. Who has ascended up into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in his garment? Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the Jewish view of the Godhead. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.